the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From evolution to gender identity, the book of Genesis is really quite remarkable, straightforward actually, in that it reveals to us God's heart, God's mind, his intent on his creation. And that really is what you and I are left with. Oh, we can come up with our own designs, but if they don't match up with God's, then they just don't match, period. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno and online at highlands.us. Our time together today returns us to Genesis chapter 4. It's there that we see the first murder, really, and a couple of sons that are involved. With more, here's Pastor Leighton and today's Study Verse by Verse. When we were together last, we studied chapter 3 in which the serpent lured Adam and Eve into disobedience and sin. Satan's goal was sin and separation or division. Division between God and mankind. Division between the man and his wife. And as we will see today, division between brothers. Satan loves to divide and causes division, oftentimes uses human agents to accomplish his purpose. Division affects marriages, families, nations, and churches. Satan is, Satan is contrary to God, meaning that whatever God hates, Satan loves. And whatever God loves, Satan hates. Satan loves division, dissension, and discord because God hates it. The Bible says so. In Proverbs chapter 6, it says, There are six things the Lord hates. Now, hates is a pretty strong descriptive, isn't it? If I can say it this way, if you want to tick off God, do one of these things. There are six things the Lord hates, no seven that he detests. Okay, what are they? The Bible tells us. Haughty eyes, or proud eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, that would include gossip, lastly, a person who sows discord, dissension, division in a family or among brothers. The last thing is a person who sows discord, dissension, or division in a family. These are things that God hates that are an abomination to him. As Dr. J. Vernon McGee said, in Genesis chapter 3, we have the root of sin. And in Genesis 4, the fruit of sin. The root, then the fruit. We would not understand chapter 4 if it wasn't for chapter 3. We would not understand chapter 3 if it wasn't for chapter 2. We would not understand chapter 2 if it was not for chapter 1. 
Genesis is beautifully designed to provide understanding as to why things are the way they are. Genesis is a family book. It has a good deal to say about brothers. One of the things that has been a cultural thing since the beginning of time is that the firstborn son receives the blessing and a double portion. But being firstborn, Cain was special, but because of his sin, he lost everything to Seth, who took his place. Ishmael was Abraham's firstborn, but God bypassed him and chose Isaac. Isaac's firstborn son, Esau, was rejected for Jacob. And Jacob's firstborn son, Reuben, was replaced by the two sons of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh. God even rearranged those two boys in terms of birth order. Throughout the Old Testament history, God's sovereignty is displayed in his choices of who receives his blessing, and and all of us receive any blessing from God because of his grace. One of the themes that we find throughout Genesis is sibling rivalry. Ishmael persecuted Isaac. Jacob ran away from home so that Esau couldn't kill him. Joseph's brothers hated him so much they intended to kill him, but when the opportunity to sell him into slavery came along, they chose that path instead. When sin entered the human race, it produced dysfunctional and fractured families, families that only God can heal. Here in Genesis chapter 4, homicide is the centerpiece, but it's more than just a record of the first murder. It's about, as it says in Jude 11, the way of Cain. The way of Cain is the process of corruption as a heart slides away from God. The story reveals the essential nature of fallen mankind. It's a story of depravity and grace. The way of Cain describes a lack of faith which shows itself in in envy towards those whom God blesses, in murderous acts, in denial of responsibility, and in refusal to accept God's punishment. Now, lest we think that this was a fictitious story that was made up, Jesus spoke of this event as a historical fact in Matthew 23, 35. Now, that is an introduction. Let's study the passage verse by verse. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. So the story begins with great optimism. This is the first child born to the human race in human history. God had commanded the man and his wife to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, and they were obedient to that. It's interesting here that the word for man is ish, and it's not used any place else in Scripture to describe a baby boy except here, which makes sense because this is the first baby boy that's born. It's obvious that he's of the gender of Adam, the first ish, and so what, what it is is this is another ish. This is another tiny little man, and that's the way it's described here. Jesus said, uh, Eve said, in effect, God made man, and now with the help of the Lord, I have made or acquired a second man. So she correctly understood that this was the work of God. The verb acquire uh, sounds like Cain, Cana, Cain. He praised God for helping her through the first pregnancy. Remember, there were no doctors or midwives to assist in this process. And her words are an implicit declaration of faith. Verse 2, and again she bore his brother Abel. 
Abel's name means breath or vapor. It's the same word root that's translated vanity at least 38 times in Ecclesiastes. So Cain's name, acquired, reminds us that life comes from God. And Abel's name, vapor or breath, reminds us that life is brief. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain a worker of the ground. We don't know anything about the boys growing up together except that Cain followed his dad's footsteps. Adam was a farmer and the little brother became a shepherd. So both had honorable professions. Both worked in honorable professions. I've said it before, but it's important for us to remember that work is not a punishment from God because of sin. Before there was sin, Adam had work to do for God in the garden. Uh, Before he began his public ministry, Jesus worked as a carpenter. And when the apostle Paul wasn't traveling and preaching, he worked as a tent maker. The biblical approach to working is that it's an opportunity, a privilege to cooperate with God by using the gifts and talents that he has given us for his glory and for the good of other people. As Christians, we, don't, we shouldn't work just to pay our bills and provide for our needs, but rather to glorify God and to help others. Verse 3, in the course of time came, brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. So it says that the two uh, came to worship. We don't know if they came together to worship or uh, they worshiped separately. If they did separately, then there was some communication that took place. We know that this did not take place in Eden because mankind had been ejected from Eden and an angel was guarding the way. Uh, But God's not limited or restricted to Eden's compound. You know, there's some people who think God is limited. He's either in heaven and that's the only place he can be, or he's in a church building or a temple and that's the only place he can be. But God is not limited. The opening words of verse 3 say, in the course of time, and that indicates a specified time. This was the time of worship. It doesn't tell us if it was a Saturday or a Sunday or the end of a harvest season or whatever it was, but it was a designated time uh, to worship. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So each brought an offering appropriate to their occupation. And there have been some who have suggested that the reason that one was accepted and the other was not is that animal offerings were more acceptable to God than grain offerings. But the Old Testament honors both type of, on, uh, of offerings. Uh, the law of Moses prescribes the offering of grain and fruit. So we have no reason to believe that such sacrifices were not acceptable from the beginning. Which then brings up the question, why then was one offering accepted And the other was not. And the answer is given to us in the text in verse 3. Because whereas Cain only brought an offering of the fruit of the ground, Abel brought the best of his flock, the firstborn of his flock, and their fat portions. The scholars have indicated that fat and firstborn mean that Abel gave God the very best of his flock. Cain brought a token gift of his produce, but Abel brought the very best. Abel went out of his way to please God because he had faith in God, but Cain was simply discharging a duty. 
There are some insights that are given to us in Hebrews chapter 11, sometimes called the Believer's Hall of Faith. Abel is mentioned here in verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. So Cain wasn't rejected because of his offering. But his offering was rejected because of Cain. His heart wasn't right with God. It was by faith that Abel offered a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. He had faith in God. He was right with God. Cain was not offering an offering from faith. Cain was basically bringing whatever he had and saying, take it or leave it. You know... We have this recorded for us as the beginning of time, really. But sadly, if we're honest with ourselves, we oftentimes act like Cain ourselves, don't we? We just bring God the leftovers. This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely, the Ministry of Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno. If you have questions about the church, this radio program, where we meet, our service times, directions, It can all be found on our website, highlands.us, highlands.us. More out of Genesis chapter 4 comes your way tomorrow. Join us then for study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.